I respect that. Thank you. I never note up. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> who are they but not ourselves? <laughs> I'll tell you who they are. Me, ouch. They're not me. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Everything But The Kitchen Sink, a podcast where we discuss everything but that kitchen sink over there. Um, tonight's episode is going to be a very special one. We're going to be talking about the meaning of life. Um, I'm joined here tonight by Brian. What up, everybody? G Money. Hey. And as usual, Nolan. I am the usual. Nice to be back. Nice to have you back. And let's just cap. Let's jump right into it now. We're going to talk a little bit about life. Um, this is going to be a nice chance for all of us to kind of show who we are for us. That way, in future episodes, we'll have a better idea of what we're talking about and why. I think so. Where we're coming from. We'll show who we are when we do video. We'll, we will. Face reveal coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, 500 next likes on the smush button, and you'll see our faces. Face oh, yeah. reveal at 10 likes, please. Please smush that like button. We now have a Facebook page. G Money. Yeah. Uh, so go search everything but the kitchen sink and uh, hit that like button. And then share with your friends and tell them to share with their friends. How sweet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now that we've got our uh, (laughs) episode two advertising out of the way, uh, I think we should just jump right in. Uh, So when we picked the topic of life, I went down the philosophy route. I don't know how you guys took this, but I figured this would be a great opportunity to show the world and maybe the four of us. Uh, what our philosophies on life are. Uh, I've known these three individuals for, I would say, seven or eight years, and I can say honestly, I don't know their philosophies on life. And that being said, I mean their personal philosophies. So I think this is a great platform to hear everyone. It's a very fair point. Yeah, I know. You know, that's not something people talk about every day. What is your perspective on the meaning of life? And like you said, I've known you all for a long time. I don't know how you feel, so I'm excited to get into this and learn more about how each of you tick. Um, Um, Yeah, with that being said, you're dying, and there's no time. That's it. Case closed. (laughs) Brian's uh, perspective has an interesting (laughs) perspective. Right. Have you ever laid awake at night being like, wow, what have I done with my life? That's that's an awful feeling. I feel like a lot of people might think that. I mean, everyone has had that. When, night, when right? do you when do you get over that feeling though? That's never. That's what I want to know. I actually think you have to train yourself out of that mindset. That's how I kind of approach life. Um, I think that especially in our society, we're pressured to get as much done as fast as you can. I mean, think about it. Once you're 18, you're supposed to go to college. You need to get your collegiate sports on. You need to figure out. You already need to know your major when you're 18. Otherwise, you're falling behind, right? So I think that's just programmed into us, and that's our society's philosophy. I don't know if that necessarily needs to be a personal one, though. Yeah, I mean, I've come at this from the angle. I mean, I, I just think the, the purpose of life, if you boil it down, is, is just to live. And you could extend that as, you know, as like spiritually as you want to. You could you can say it's just to love. But I, I really think it's the point of life is living. But of course, it's not that simple in this this world we live in. So how do you, you know, untrain yourself from all these goals, all these things, all these pressures on you? And, you know, a lot of people are thinking, I'll be happy once I achieve this goal. I mean, I find myself falling into that pattern of thought sometimes where I think, Someday I'll be happy once I accomplish all of these things I'm trying to do. And, But, you know, if you're going to deprive yourself of happiness in this moment, there really is no indication that you'll ever be happy in the future if you continue through that train of thought. So there is something that has to be done to really 
I mean, if we're all going to practice what we preach, how are you going to just live and enjoy your life, basically? Right. Uh, you actually said something that I'm really glad you did because I wanted to touch on this. Uh, you used the word spiritual uh, in your explanation there. So I have a question for you guys. Philosophy versus religion. Do you base your religion off of your philosophy or you do you base your philosophy off of your religion? So, for example, I'm just going to use Christianity because that's what I grew up with. So I'm familiar with it. Um, does that form my philosophy on life or was it the other way? Was I inspired to look into Christianity uh, to form my philosophy on life? That being said, I have nothing against religion. I just think that those two concepts should be split. I always think that kind of the beauty and the simplicity of religion is to just let it kind of be a path that you can use to find some form of enlightenment, no matter what you want to do. Um, <laughs> God damn it, Jim. Well, I mean, like, for example, <laughs> if you just want to crack a beer, crack a beer. <laughs> That's right. If you need to crack a beer, uh, listeners, just go ahead and do that. Feel free to go ahead. Right, right. Um, so that, the reason that, why I brought that up. That'd be a good t-shirt. <laughs> just crack a beer. The, the reason why I brought that up was uh, I started looking into, like, philosophy and the definition of it and whatnot, and I wanted to see what the definition of philosophy was compared to the definition of religion. Uh, and if we're going to go the traditional route for philosophy, uh, it's the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and z existence, right? But if you look up your religious definition, it's a belief or worship of a being that has control of power, especially a God or multiple gods. So that's why I always kind of wanted to distinguish that they're two separate things, right? Uh, to me, I think religion can teach you lessons on how to shape your philosophy, but your philosophy should not be based just on religion. I, I agree. I, I mean, I've, I grew up Catholic largely, but also, you know, we didn't go to church all the time. So I did have a lot of chances to kind of use, to develop my own philosophy on life and, I will say it's not completely tied to religion and I almost look at religion kind of from the as a tool really like religion can be useful to kind of fill in the blanks in the the philosophy as as you're exploring these thoughts and ideas the m the meaning of life what life even is the purpose understanding the world around you that in your definition of philosophy that's largely what it is right it's understanding on a deep level kind of everything around you and in and in, in you just everything so religion can kind of help you not care about certain things that can otherwise hang like cause a hang up. So if your philosophy is, you know, say your philosophy is just to embrace life and, you know, relax, having some kind of religion can sometimes help with that because a lot of what Christianity does is letting go of responsibility in a way so that this deity, God, whatever you want to call it, can kind of take the the weight off of your shoulders. I think that's very useful. But that's not necessarily a answer. So that's kind of where I come at both of those things. Back to that definition for philosophy, it said existence, right? Yeah, the two that I found really interesting, because, I mean, obviously it's the fundamental search for knowledge, but the two I found interesting in the definition was reality and existence. So my question is, is that your subjective reality to you or is that reality to the whole same with existence is it just your existence or the existence of the population i think that's kind of where uh religion falls into that is existence because what is religion if not trying to explain why 
just basically why. Right, right. But my, my kind of angle on that I'm was... I'm just saying that's why they're related. Right, right. And the reason why I wanted to keep them separate is, like, you can be a devout um, Catholic worshiper or you can, you know, follow Buddhism or whatever. You know, I don't care. It's it's your life. It's your reality. You should believe whatever you want. However, I, and I'm going to kind of tie this into my, one of my personal beliefs on philosophy here is... Um, I think that everyone has a lesson to teach you, and if you base your philosophy off of just your religion, you will not listen to other people because it doesn't corroborate with what they've been teaching you. So that's why I always wanted to keep them separate. I think religion can be a beautiful thing, but I don't think it should shape your entire perception of reality. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I see where you're coming from with your point of view. Um, what you're talking about kind of makes me think, how how does someone decide what's good or bad when when they're living, I suppose, and and uh, what what is it? You know, can does philosophy tell you what's good or bad, or does religion tell you what's good or bad? Or I if I can also put this out there, <laughs> do humans just have an innate um, code, if you will, on what's good or bad? I think it's a lot more complicated than just, you know, an answer of good or bad, too. I, I think there's good in everything. And to me, a lot of what, to me, like, the most positive nugget that you can extract from, like, most of the philosophies or religion is just to search for that divine something that's that's good in every situation and every person that you meet. And you can find, if you believe in God, you can find God in every person and every experience if and w if you don't believe in God, you can find something good in every person, and whatever you believe in, it doesn't matter. Um, there is something pure in the essence of every. I think in every person and every good experience, every every hard experience, like you a family member dying, these are all parts of life that have really good. Like they're important. Well, you know? if I could just jump in real quick, uh, you actually just kind of touched on one of my biggest philosophies in life. Um, to understand happiness, you have to experience pain. So yes. funerals, funerals hurt, but it if you if you just take a step back and look at it, it makes you realize what you still have. Yeah, you're around all these people you love, and you're all embracing something. And in that moment, in a funeral, you're in the same situation as all the other people around you who are grieving. That brings people together, and that's a like I, I'm a, just from my personal experience. Like my grandma's going through some hard times right now. We went to visit her in the hospital, and I felt this sadness, but I had this overwhelming sense of love and closeness to my aunts and to my mom and just the people that were there. And I left feeling weirdly warm, even though it was a very difficult experience. I mean, that was something that recently To me, going off of what you said, finding all the good pieces of every moment, thats to me, that's living in the moment. That's what that's about is... Well, have you <coughs> ever heard the uh, the whole famous, um, how's it go, uh, if you're living with anxiety, you're living in the future, if you're living with regret, you're living in the past, but if you're living happy, you're living in the moment, which is a mm -hmm. philosophy on life right there. Going That's going back to the statement that I made earlier, kind of a joke, but I, I also like to see the good in everything as well, because I think there's some lessons to learn with, you just got to roll with the punches is what I'm trying to say. But as far as the statement I made about having no time <laughs> and dying, that kind of envelops a lot of what I believe. I mean, 
I think it's just pretty maddening trying to figure out what the point is of everything. But there are some realities that you can deal with, and that's you're going to stop living in this existence, period. That's like one of the only truths. Every single one of us. That that's that's like one of the truths that I know. know, right, is that we're not going to be here forever. <coughs> and I, I think that this whole like be here now with Ram Das, uh, a lot of Buddhism philosophies and a lot of other esoteric philosophies and philosophies that don't even have anything to do with spirituality, they all kind of come down to that point of being here now in this moment. Because like you said, you can't do anything about the past or the future and you're going to die anyways. So <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> yeah, wasting your yeah. time if you're worried about the future or the past too much. So then m the way I see things, it's how does someone ask the right questions? I think that's all that we can do. So, what wh what am I what am I supposed to do with my time? See, what do I now, like? This is interesting. Um, you just stated, what are the questions I ask, right? And maybe this is where we're gonna this is where we are going to split philosophically. You believe that you should be asking questions. I believe that you should be listening, mm. not not necessarily asking certain questions, just listening to the world around you. Because, like I uh, said earlier, I truly believe. Every single human on earth has something to teach you, but you have to hear it. I'm not looking for a specific question. I'm maybe just looking for an answer to hmm. a question I didn't even know I had. Well, that kind of fixes the problem of not knowing what question to ask if you're just listening to the answers of everything around you, of basically the language of the universe around you, not to be too like hippy-dippy with it. But if you're just listening to everything that's going on around you, you're gonna, you're not gonna need the question. Doesn't matter. What what I was trying to say is the question, the right question, will lead you to the answer that you're looking for. Right, oh. but but how do you know it's the right question? See, oh, uh, you know what might be interesting? Um, let's just each take about two to three minutes to explain our own philosophies on life, if you guys want. Yeah, let's take just so we can understand back. where where everyone's standing from, and we might get a really interesting conversation going here. Yeah. Um, if, if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. I, I just have it all in front Good. of me. So go I live by a couple of principles. Um, I'm not going to get too into it, but uh, my life started off rough, so that kind of shaped who I am. Uh, and with that, it made me realize a couple things. Uh, for example, one of my biggest kind of factors in life is um, life is just too short and too sudden and too random to be serious all the time. You need to enjoy laughing with the people you care about because, I mean, literally tomorrow something might change, you know? Um, I also, again, am a very heavy believer in every single person has a lesson to teach you. Uh, that being said, you should listen, but this is where we agree, Brian. I think you should question everything because your reality is really your own reality. Uh, you don't have to necessarily agree with everyone because at the end of the day, everyone still does have agendas. So I think you should listen to them, but don't believe everything everyone says. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, a wise man only knows that he knows nothing. So when you run across people that act like they know it all and they don't accept that they don't understand the entirety of the world, I wouldn't necessarily call them a wise man. Um, again, I think it's important to take lessons from religion, but I don't think you should wholly sub subscribe to a single one now that's just me other people can you know completely dive into a religion and if that's for them that's for them um uh, and kind of my last big thing is a lot of people especially in the united states obviously they see money as the path that you need to go down and i just disagree 
to me, if you're making enough to survive and you're not worried about bills, I think you've done your job in the financial department. Now you have to go expand in other fields. You need to create, and again, this is just my opinion. You need to create great relationships with people, go out there and learn new things, but don't just focus on the money. That's not what we're here for. That's kind of my take on life. So that's where I come from with my opinions. Great. Thank you for sharing. Um, who wants to go next? Go ahead, G-Money. Oh. I need time to think. Okay. I'll go ahead next. Um, I didn't do a ton of preparation for this, I'll be honest. Well, yeah, but again, we all came from different angles. So. Yeah, um, but I have been thinking about this all week. Um, what I kind of figured was, and my philosophy on life is like, I really think deeply, like, I do believe everything is connected and every everyone is connected. Um, I agree with Nolan that there's everyone has their own agenda, though, so you kind of have to walk your own path. Um, I think that, to m I really do believe that if, you know, if you're able to find peace and say if you could just like meditate every day and just love everyone around you like a monk that's pretty much as close to being like s you know a, a, a perfect person as i can even think of but i just see that as so unrealistic in the world that i live in and the world i come from so my philosophy on life has kind of tr transformed from that where i keep that in mind that like inner peace clearing your mind loving everything around you and just taking in the present moment is so important you also if, if from my perspective i have to just try a lot of different things i have to tr like try to do things fail at things experience things that i want to do and you have to kind of chase that dragon in a way rather than you know like detach yourself from all wants i think you have to pursue the things you want deeply for a while at least that's my perspective i have to pursue the things i want to either burn myself out on them, accomplish them, and realize I love it or I don't care about it. And and then as I continue on my path, I will learn how to detach more from the things that don't really matter. But I'm currently in this stage of life, I'm in a point where I'm kind of just, feel like I'm grasping at straws. I'm trying all kinds of different things. I'm really just grinding. I'm working a lot. I'm doing a lot of stuff that I could feel like I could try to rest my mind and get more peace in my everyday but since I have all this nagging f things I want and just want to see what happens basically I, I can't really relax until I try a few more things is kind of where I'm at now yeah I definitely agree with both of you and you kind of touch on some things that I think about too when when I think about this I, I tend to believe that I personally have control of what I'm doing and how to dictate my experience as I go through life. I think there's a lot of, or I think the mastery and wisdom of religion and your philosophical ambitions or whatever um, comes with being super amicable with people and turning your enemy into your friend, seeing the same thing and they're just looking at it at a different way. <coughs> so people like to argue, but you know, we're all talking about the same thing at the end of the day, I think. So what I'm saying is I I, I get what I put out. So if it's something shitty, then that's what's going to come back to me. <laughs> if I'm trying to do my best to make it a positive experience for myself and then you too, so I'm taking care of me first so I can help someone else out. So control what I do, try to befriend as many people as I can, and then 
the high of my life is the journey of wherever the hell I'm going. I, I, I care about the destination, but I feel like being exhausted with doing a lot of labor and work with whatever thing I'm trying to do, that's the funnest part about of my existence personally. Nice. Yeah, that's great. I'd say I don't know what my philosophy on life is. That's probably hard to explain, but I feel like it changes every day. I'm in a point where in my life where it's not like I don't really know exactly. I question why I'm doing what on my job, why I'm doing this, why I'm in school, why I'm this. And like what's the point? That's totally fair, man. That's yeah, totally, totally so fair. So I don't think I have a philosophy that's, like, stabilized. Well, and that's, again, that's completely okay. That's okay. Uh, life life is not a fixed thing. So views can change, and it's okay to not know. That's actually, like I had just said earlier, a wise man knows he knows nothing, mm-hmm. right? For real. And I might have sounded like I know what I'm talking about. For I'm talking about, like, this week, basically. Like, when I was <laughs> yeah, saying, like, so yeah, yeah. I do not really yeah. know. If, if you ask me the same question two weeks from now, it might be a completely different answer. Because everything is just changing. And, yeah, it, I, I can relate to that. I'm at work sometimes just like, why am I doing this? Or at home working on something. Like, w- am I even doing the right thing with my energy here? Like, why am I... Yeah, the like my philosophy is just to make myself feel better about the reality of. I don't fucking know. Right. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. If I can say something, I just kind of saw mm-hmm. in in Brian's explanation, and I'm not I'm not saying this to like to be like shitty to you, mm-hmm. but one thing you said that I noticed. So Tate and I were saying that everyone has an agenda, right? And it's just interesting because having an agenda isn't a bad thing. By mm-hmm. just just I'm gonna put that in there. But Brian's philosophy was, I'm going to help you, but I'm going to help me first. That's an agenda. That That's and it's that's, not, that's how I operate. Right, right. But that's, that's how, not a, that's I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that we're all, all of this talk about philosophy all ties in together. Now, one of the most interesting things when Tate was saying he felt like he was grasping at straws and he's just doing everything he can. I keep a couple of quotes that I really like in my head sometimes. And one of them that just kind of matches Tate right now, man, is um, have you ever heard of the quote, doing nothing is better than being busy doing nothing? No, but I like that. Yeah, what I, does that mean? What I, I can't even to understand me, that. It means, to me, it means accept that you're doing nothing and it's okay, but don't pretend to be doing something while you're doing nothing. Mm. That's, what that, that's what that quote means to me. What I take from that is like don't wind yourself up stressed out like doing things like if you're really doing nothing it's okay you don't have to like be you don't have to like make yourself feel busy and present yourself as busy to the outside world Mm. you can just be being like doing yeah yeah you can just exist and you don't have to be busy doing nothing you can be you and that one is from lao Tzu. if anyone knows who who that is uh because like you know a lot of us get a bunch of the philosophy lessons from the west because we're in the west and that's not a bad thing but you know all of the western philosophers and they're but i like i read the art of war and i know everyone talks about that but oh my god is that a good book you're just sitting there and you just want to memorize everything they're saying because it makes so much sense like uh there was one that i read there it was um and you can apply this to regular life it's uh there is no instance of a nation benefiting from prolonged war so what that means to me is you're not going to benefit from 
just constantly thinking about the stressful stuff going on. It's not going to help you in the long run, right? If you don't have a solution, thinking about it for hours and hours and hours is not going to provide the solution. So that's why that's one of my favorite quotes from that book is because it's just it helps me keep a clear mind. That's why I really love the whole <laughs> Akuna Matata thing, because it's just life. You don't have enough time to worry. I mean, you should worry. There's a healthy amount of worry. But if that's all you're doing, you're going to wake up and be 50. And oh, my God, what did you do? Like, what? What did you do anything you wanted to? And that's scary to me. That's the scariest. That's, that's scarier than that is, dying to that's, me. That's, yes. that's the scariest thing. That sets thing. off all of my alarms in my scariest head. Scariest thing of, is a life wasted. Right. Life. Yeah. So I at least want to do something is what I'm saying. That's I'd rather like that that philosophy or that quote rather is very different to what I think. Um, my solution is there's a wall. It can break. You have to keep going. Well, it can break, <laughs> or you could climb over it, right? Yeah, that's true. But or I'm saying you could wait a week, and then someone else tears the wall down, or s- yeah, or true, throws true. you over it. But but the point is, like you're not tearing that wall down by yourself. You have to have a network of people. It's easier you. with a group of friends, that's right, for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I just I think it's interesting because. A lot of people don't think about philosophy, but philosophy really does play a huge role in everyone's life every day. In all honesty, your own code, you don't even have to call it philosophy. You could just call it your own moral code. Do you think capitalism is a philosophy? Yes. Yeah. I I think so. Um, Because it's all constructed. And so that actually leads me to this question, uh, especially with capitalism. And I guess you could say it with communism and socialism, too. do humans exist to work? Is that our purpose? That goes to the way I live is don't work to live li- or live to work. <laughs> don't live <laughs> don't live to work, work to live. I think that's what I go by in life. Okay. We're designed oh, to like, be rewarded. Like I could work a job that's 50 plus hours, but no. Right, you're you're not you're work you're to live, not live to work. Right, right. It's but if so if we're designed to be rewarded, who designed that? I think w- whether or not it was intentional, but I'm just saying, I, I, for for me, I, I don't, I don't care too much to look past that point. I just mostly care about how the mechanism works. Uh, saying uh, oh, we're talking so about being about rewarded. You care about how you're, it you're works, not why it when works. When you accomplish something, you get a rush. Dopamine. Yeah, dopamine. And dopamine. we talked about this in you, episode and that's, one. That's that high that you're searching for every time. It's just. The only reason we work is to be rewarded. The only reason we reproduce is to be rewarded in that right. way. So that's the question, though. Do we exist? Does that dopamine give that to us because our purpose in life is to work? I mean, And you get the reward because you worked? I like to – this could go any number of ways, mm-hmm. but that's just biology. And pretty a lot of other things on this planet have dopamine in their brain, too. Oh, no. Um, yeah, and I guess, I, guess so I, like, should, I should point out I'm not talking exclusively humans. Yeah. I'm talking life forms. Well, so work, Do you exist to work? I, I think our concept I, of work is – go ahead, Jim. I, I think you exist to survive, and we have to survive by working. Right. Work you is need a, money to buy food. Exactly. Like our idea of a work, like a job, that's a human construct. But the whole biological idea of work might be hunting down prey or just surviving or – reproducing all those things give you dopamine and so does getting a paycheck because that's our new artificial human version of 
surviving in the wild and that's kind of the wiring that our brain is still working off of right right so right. we kind of are made to work if you want to get into it so that okay way. so i uh, let's let's just put this as a blanket statement right living things are are they exist to work right well let me ask you this because everyone obviously can agree listening to this podcast because this is something animals don't do humans are different we're different than the rest yeah, so my question is do we as humans do we exist to learn is that our actual job is it to learn that gives you a huge amount of dopamine learning something new because it's it gives you more dopamine than just like accomplishing a task because it unlocks the ability to accomplish way more tasks mm-hmm. it's like a it's like you put an exponent on that one right. task accomplishment and it learning is subjective to every person everyone wants to learn something it doesn't have to be i need to read the dictionary or like there are certain people out there that want to learn how and why cars work but everyone has something they want to learn so that makes me think was that because i don't believe that's a social construct i think that's that's us we want to learn we crave it i think there's a divide between that innate desire to do that as it's probably maybe a humanity thing and then there's this other weird abstract construct that we've created for ourselves in this society you know there's a lot of acting that is involved when you're here and i guess first world countries american society is what i think so uh, uh, what i'm saying is i think we've kind of lost roots to that what you just said and that's spiritual, in a sense. That's religious See, to me. I actually disagree. I think that the learning, the desire to learn, is at its all-time high. Because especially in American culture or first-world countries, because you have access to everything. Your interest can be explained to you, whether it's through YouTube, whether it's through a how-to, whether it's one of those books for dummies. You have, a, you have I would argue almost unlimited knowledge to whatever you want to learn it's available to you but that that's and i agree with you and i'm saying how do you ask the right question to learn when you have all the knowledge available to you yeah even googling the right question can be a challenge sometimes. so too much information might be a bad thing because you're not really learning you're just regurgitating what's already been taught I, what i'm saying is i don't think i don't think it's someone's it's not the desire to learn that people are having trouble with it's just i think it's a totally different type of problem Uh, uh, what's going on to kind of expand on your point there too but it's just what i think i I agree that everyone has that desire to go expand to an unknown thing but not a lot of people are doing it i would argue so you what do you think the problem is here do you think that there's a a kind of like a standstill between what people want and what they actually follow through on or so so when i asked is capitalism a philosophy i think i'm not being a conspiracy theorist i just think in order for capitalism to function your thoughts kind of have to be compartmentalized into certain things that can achieve the right outcome in this machine. But as humans, I think we're way more abstract than that. And maybe a, a simpler analogy, uh, male and female, you know, there's, a, a, I guess, whatever, a left way to, to think about it and then a right way. I think there's an imbalance is what I'm trying to get at. I think that's, I agree. There's a lot of, Im- there's a huge imbalance in our 
in our world and our yeah and, and just to just to put this out there that's not exclusive to our culture sure, i think there's yeah. an imbalance in every culture and i i don't know if you can necessarily stop that because it's it's your culture it's how because cultures have been evolving for oh as long as we've been around has know? that not been the fight of humanity is to achieve that balance through religion and through science though it's more recently me. it was if uh, you want to get into it was probably around oh man whenever that apple dropped on uh good old newton's head that's probably when it all started because but honestly i think uh greg had a really good point um I, b I believe it was greg who was saying this is that religion back then was just used because like you had to believe in god there had to be a life after this because you were just working until you died so i think back then culture or religion was used as an escape and now maybe it was also, it is used as it an was also used as an ex explanation like why is the sun coming up that's that's what well, I it mean. makes sense that some dudes like pushing it up right right religion's I mean, been used by as a lot of things like if you think about it it's just an explanation of why things are the way they are it's right. what science is now when religion can be extorted because i know that's where you were going with that i was gonna go kind of into like i mean just how for example just to call one example, I know all religions have been used for good and bad throughout history, but Buddhism, for an example, has been used. I, I love Buddhism as a philosophy, and I think the philosophies underlying it are some of my favorite out of any religion. But it's very useful as a tool to pacify a population into acceptance of their life. Same with science. And so is yes. science. That's hey. the yes. crazy thing. Think about how science, think of how similar science is kind of used in a way like how buddhism was used in the past to and i guess the present to control people or just get them to stay where they are like science kind of tells you like you can't change anything everything's irrelevant and if you really subscribe to that i mean i even have a couple i i obviously science is like amazing and stuff but i i know some people who use science as a religion because they, they're people so have agendas they're mm. bigoted about science like to the point where they kind of stop doing science at a certain point and they it's like another religion where you're using it as a way to just you know throw away every other opinion or possibility besides what you think is a fact because it's just a way to doing your research the entire life you know you're right mm -hmm. that's how that's their thought process except for science gets disproven all the time so it's just a way to explain why things are the way they are it is yes yeah. right and that's the point of all this stuff but it's like when you start using it as a something to like well it stops serving you when you believe you know i think that's the thing you use these tools once you subscribe fully to one of them it stops serving you science doesn't work for the person who just believes every report that they read just because it was a scientific process as a fact just the way like religion doesn't really serve a person who's so bigoted and just to subscribe to like one philosophy that they can't ex they can't expand their mind with any other information right well like i'll, I'll give you an example um so I was saying earlier that every reality is unique to the person. So if science says, which, by the way, I do believe this. I'm just using this as an example. When science says that the world is round, if you tell a flat earther that, it doesn't matter. Because in their reality, the world is flat. And that's not going to change their reality. Because it won't. It doesn't matter if the world is actually round or not. To them, it's flat. And that's not going to change anything in the grand scheme of things. It's actually not yeah. round. It bulges at the center can well, you yeah yeah <laughs> you, G Greg, see G -Man, you know my point though <laughs> can you no, i'm just saying <laughs> even saying the earth is round is kind of wrong in itself right right the earth right. is not round it's can you google how to convince someone of your opinion 
Well, is there a science to that? There is a way to convince someone of your opinion, and that's actually all charisma, which again makes that scary because you don't have to have fact to sway someone. That's what I yes. Charisma, posy vibes. Yeah, it's a vibe check. It's scary, man. That's kind of spooky. So the, chariz- the charismatic person with no information is more persuasive than the person who's Which done is how these mm. crazy theories yeah. come about. Because cult the leaders. Person, yes, cult leaders is a very real the example. The most charismatic mm. people you'll ever meet. Yeah, they are brilliant personalities regardless of the information they have. People they are in, yeah. people Look at Charles Manson. People he, follow he them. He convinced people to murder. He didn't do any of the murders. Yeah. That's that's power. But yes. But there's also beauty in that to like uh, hold on, hold on. I I'm not I'm not advocating. Hold on, sorry. Explain yeah. yourself. So, <laughs> I just saying look looking good in the bed, but <laughs> looking for good in the bed. But I'm just saying it's it's kind of it's a shame that someone that can be as charismatic as that and really gather a group of people together and understand them without Without it's because they've mastered talking. their own reality. Ooh, that's what yourself. makes it beautiful. Explain yourself. So the thing is, they understand how to manipulate people, and they know how oh to God. not be manipulated. That's so the that's thing not is, what I was saying earlier. But this is this is my theory on on cult leaders They're and why the it's best salesman. why you could yes, it's all sales. And the thing is, it's scary, but you have to appreciate it because they've mastered their own reality. They know the prey that they want to pick on and they know how to manipulate them. So now they went from having no power to having a cult following that will give them money, that will worship them because they have mastered their philosophy and they've pushed it on to other people. And when you say they've mastered their philosophy, some of these cult leaders probably believe what they're preaching. So they have mastered this reality in such a way where they believe what they believe and they're able to convince other people to act on that too and believe the same right. thing and if that's you, a danger of smi- thinking they know too much yes a yes wise man again, does not know a that's wise man does not know quote man that's why i am proud to say i'm a fool i see you i see you. i i might know some things in my life but that does not mean i know the world well yeah look at like how deck deck of cards is and the tarot cards too where like you and that's just a lot of philosophy too that's you, what changed my thought process i'm not joking boom, you start nice. off as yeah. you, the, you start off as the fool that's your path through this life according to like tarot cards and just a lot of like different philosophies it's very like ancient n- kind of occult stuff but th- this philosophy kind Witches. of is, yeah, it's that like everyone starts off as the fool, like the Joker or whatever, and then you go through these walks of life where you're, you know, uh, certain times in life you're a warrior, certain times in life you're, whatever you're, yeah. And you could go straight back to the fool. Guess mm-hmm. what? At yeah. the end, once you've achieved everything else, you're like the fool again. That's the f- and then that's the first and last card in the deck of cards, you know, like the joker or yeah because it, it's essentially a, it's it's a path that you're taking and you end up back at the fool because you it's realize there's way too much to learn right you you, you realize you don't know anything and you're just and then you're a different type of fool in a way but think about like how how a child is you know they're they don't care they have a mastery of how to live well a kid does most of the time and so does the most wise like old person sometimes are sometimes they can be so carefree someone who's fully lived their life and self-actualized and sometimes have you noticed how an, an elderly person can seem really similar to a child and they can have a lot of similarities where they just kind of don't care kind of irresponsible like make it a little hard for the people around them they just don't care you know they're they're too they don't have the energy or time to care there's other things that they're thinking about right so they're they're kind of past the whole uh 
Brian, what were you what were you calling it earlier? Everyone is so fake and acting. Acting. They don't yeah. they don't want to act anymore. Oh yeah. They don't have the energy to act. Mm-hmm. They don't have the or maybe they can't act anymore. Like once you once you're when you don't know anything, you you can't act right. And then after you're done knowing everything and kind of seeing it in full circle, you, you probably don't even care to act right so or how you're supposed to act. You don't you can't do it's it. The mini mask theory yes yes that everyone has a mask for every situation that every person you oh meet there's always a mask right, right. the, 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 the japanese too actually yeah. have a philosophy on that as which well. is why Freaking. also if you look at their art and uh you know whatever you want to look at they have masks in all of their art or stories mm-hmm. or whatever you want to say yeah, they, they say yeah. you're always wearing a mask no matter every different person there's a mask for every situation because yes. you think about it do you really want someone to know your deep dark true self at, at appropriate uh, moments, yes. Your to people that you love, you have I think stuff it's that okay. you know. If people knew, they'd be like, Ugh. "Well, I right, right." <laughs> with all in appropriate moments, too. You're like, it's not. You're not going to do that at a workplace. That's not your function at that point in time. But right, if someone comes to you and you're at a very deep, deeper level, then there are points where yeah, you can be yourself, absolutely. And I think you should allow yourselves to be, all the time. And honestly. How good does it feel when you're just yourself? That's when the you're best not acting. Wearing, yeah, <laughs> it feels better. There's I no mask on, and you mm. just get to be you. You get to be your foolish self, your lovable self, and that's so charisma. I, yes, I, I've yeah. noticed like physical symptoms. Like when I'm in a situation, sometimes at work, and I'm like under pressure, and I'm having to act a certain way. I like, I almost go into like a different mode, and then afterwards, I'm like sweaty. I'm like stressed out. Wow, yeah, but it's like absolutely. I don't sweat and get stressed like that if i'm just being myself hanging out with my friends or even if i'm at work and i'm just not stressed and i'm not being fake it's so much easier physically on my body i can like feel it when i'm putting that effort into like keeping up a facade it's straining it's it's hard to do so i think what that is is we care too much what other people think and that's that's why we that's something i try to do it's like i should just be yourself no matter what people think and it's a hard thing to do like i want to be like that but i mean you still think what other people think of you. i um, think the happiest the people are probably like i think the only and this again this is personal to me but the only way to get through that forest of caring what other people you have to embarrass yourself enough to the point where you realize people will laugh about it but for that day and then you're like oh man now they're just gonna think that's a quirky part of me and I can move on. You know what I mean? So I, in well, my experience, punches. you have to get embarrassed to get through the woods. So I, I want to ask a question then. I mean, is it is this world, is it possible to completely be yourself all the time everywhere? No. Or no. I wish you could be, right. but you can't. Like, uh, you can't have the discussion we're having here at work. No. You can't. Because someone's always going to be upset about it. Someone will are. get yeah. Someone will get offended, or you'll it'll be too real. Because you can't please everyone with your own personality. Yeah. Someone's always gonna hate you. Like yeah, why? And, and you have to. And again, <laughs> I don't know. To master your own reality, you realize that and you accept it. Because then you you look for the people you know that will. Accept and that's a big you. task to do. It is. It is monumentous. I just think that uh, someone can ex- if they if you have like a lot of opposing opinions. I think I think it's possible to accept 
one iota or crumb of that other person. And there you can find common ground. Because they have something, they, they've right. lived a different life. It goes life. back to but what we talked about earlier. Right, but from there you can expand upon a bigger bridge and build upon that. And then I see your way and you see mine. And see, that's one of the scary things about today is no one wants to have common ground. Which is sad because... I think the most likable people are those people who can do that. Right, right. And those I agree. It's a skill. It's a skill. Yes, and we're not, we're not polishing that skill as a society anymore. We're going back, and this is, again, this is just my opinion, but it feels to me like we're going back to tribal mindsets where... Um, People literally say tribe, like this tribe or that right. squad or this yes, nation. It's a squad. Whatever. Be part <laughs> of what everyone agrees with you 100%. Yeah, you, you isolate yourself by joining these tribes of mm-hmm. different like-minded people who went to the same thing you went to or... You yes, know, your co-workers yes. is probably oh, we're a very both common. Or you're all from Boulder, so you're all together. Or, oh, we're all this, and you, you just base it off of one thing. Yeah. But again, everyone has a different reality, and I love learning about other people's realities because it makes you just think in a completely different light. And sometimes that can be very positive for your mindset. Even if you're hearing things you don't agree with or that you don't want to hear, being able to listen and just like take it in is really good because you can sometimes you feel like wow i thought i was you can say like to yourself i thought i was tripping out and i thought i was you know stressed but this person is crazy even if you don't (laughs) even if you don't agree with them at all you don't have to dislike them you can take something good away from that like that guy i really hope they find some relaxation but hey maybe i'm not as stressed out and high strung as i thought i was here or whatever it is if you're thinking to yourself i don't know like just in my day-to-day i talk to so many people at work that i've kind of just learned this like you just like what brian was saying you find that one nugget and you can build a bridge off of one crumb of common ground you can really grow that one crumb if you kind of the key is to focus on what you're what you have in common and focus on what's positive rather than the negative because you can you can walk down the path of engaging and you know resisting to something they said and they'll fight you right back you can have a 30 minute subtle battle with someone during a transaction or during a meeting or something or a conversation or you can turn it around and have a time like bond with someone over some oh small dude, you're thing. wearing a broncos hat i like the broncos something as and silly as go, that you have it the doesn't connection. matter it doesn't have to be life or something deep and existential it can be something as as simple as whatever they you can just wait till they say something and then if you somewhat ag- think of something to say just respond to what they said Rather than just trying to force something onto them, basically. Yeah. That's the skill, I think, of kind of how to bridge that with someone. It mm-hmm. is listening. Yeah, right, it right. goes back to what you said. It goes back to what you said of listening, mm-hmm. not even asking the questions, but letting them talk. Like, I mean, we do sales. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will, you're trying to ask these questions and figure out, like, how to help them. They won't answer your questions. So you just have to listen to them and just, they'll say some long story. But if you pay attention, you'll know what they want, kind of something about who they are, what they care about. And then you don't even need to ask the questions you were trying to ask them because you already know what they're going to want. Right. You can help them based on their weird story they S- told you. To me, every human being is a book that wants to be read, so you just let them read. Ah. That's that's how I kind of see it. Cause everyone, and, I mean, I'm guilty of this, and I, I you guys might be too. I don't know. But, like, when you have a really good story that you want to tell, don't you just want to tell everyone and everyone wants to hear it or you think everyone wants to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At least. So that, that's what I'm, everyone is just a story that wants to be told. So I'll listen 
and I, w- I will learn something from that story. That's that's kind of how I see. That's th- those are my glasses on reality. Is um, you can you can just learn so much from listening to and even like uh, like one of my role models. I'll just throw this out for an example. Is um, Alex Supertramp? If you know who that is, he uh, if you if you ever read uh, Into the Wild, yeah, that's him. He he abandoned his college life to walk around in the united states and he ended up in alaska and he didn't he die a- yes he did yeah yeah that was but he had a very I- he I just went for it. him but yes he went for it and he he learned so much from everyone he came across he learned how to farm because he was in north dakota and he bumped into a farmer and the farmer let him work so he became an established farmer he knew what to do and that's what i'm saying yeah. and i mean but you run across him in the street and he's a homeless guy walking coast to coast a lot of people don't want to hear what he has to say, but his story is incredible. Yeah, that's a person who just took they they were living a normal life and they just decided they had some kind of drive to do something different. They just went and did it. A well, lot he of he dropped p- everything. He died. Yeah. Yep. I think who, he had like uh, it was either twenty Crazy. or thirty thousand dollars in the bank. He gave it all to charity and disappeared. I mean, think about who does that. Like, if we all have an urge to just to go do something. Yeah, but oh, who, who actually oh, just drops everything that. and just does it? Like. You know, I'm just gonna travel to this place and forget about my job and all these well, things. Does it does it always have to be that, or is there certain forms mm. of it? There's forms. There's yeah, definitely that's forms. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I personally align with him. I love that idea. I like the romanticism of the idea of abandoning everything to just travel the world, meet people, and make it to your dream destination. I love that. That's beautiful to me. But there are other steps and there are other paths that people might want to take. See, see, my my. Mo- only problem with that way of doing it is that it's not sustainable. Uh, well, not only so that, you also end up hurting the people that care about you. Right, you you really you yeah. vanish. You, you vanish, vanish. You hurt your family and the people that care about you. I think you have to go. S- so I didn't really mention this in my life philosophy, but that reminded me of something I really feel like I agree with. And so I think that the key to life is like you kind of gotta go as fast as you can go, but you can't go too fast because you'll just slip on ice. Basically, it's kind of like you're driving on ice or something. Uh, that's probably s- some song lyric I heard that I'm plagiarizing. Yeah, you just don't want to burn out. Is the thing. You're going to burn out. So if you ju- – yeah, it's great. That guy had a condensed, crazy life experience, but it only lasted a couple of years, and he it literally his experience expired and his life expired. Oh, yeah, he was young when there, he passed away. There's other people who work towards some very long they, – they take too long. They're going too slow. You're, you know, you're saving up all your money. You're retired. You're 70. You're, oh, you cash out. You die. You know, that's another, like, opposite of that story. Dude, that's a nightmare to me. I would oh, rather yeah. burn out fast than... I'd rather burn out fast, too. Than be, like, 60 and realize I didn't but do anything. But there's, there's a sweet spot, though, you know? Like, if yeah. You oh, imagine yeah. if you took, like, halfway oh, yeah. between what that guy did, um, just dropping everything and going around the country, and then to some person who just is c- working the career, staying this, you know, working their way up some company, climbing a ladder. There's something... In, there's a lot of things in between that, and I think that's where the magic happens. You right. have to just... Go for whatever you want. If you think you want to do something, really try super hard, but don't throw everything away at the same time. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah. You can. It's a path to throw everything away, right? Yeah, that's one path. When you can do that. You don't need to. Your your only way is forward when you do that. Right. But you might be going down a pretty scary path, but you can only go forward because you you got rid of everything. Yeah. Some people they trap themselves in a uh, path to go on that path. That actually leads me to another quote I think about a lot. It's um. If you don't change direction, you may end up where you're headed. 
I think about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because you have to just take back and think, like, um, you know, if if you're just living life super fast, you might end up burning out. And you knew you were headed down that path, and you ended up there. So I think it's— Or you might die. Right. That's, that, that's, that's the that ultimate kind destination. That's what I was trying to say. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's hard, though. It's like, where do you choose— to when to go when to slow down when to keep going like i mean if if we all knew what was going to happen like if i knew that i was going to die in one year i would act differently than i act currently because i have no idea but when i'm going to die yes but the thing is but you maybe might. we view you might though no no so we're all mid-20s sh- should i act like that though well, no I, because if i, I if i if i act like i was going to die in a year i might i might just die i might just die in a year yeah you're right you'll go where you're headed yeah um I was going to say something here. Um, yeah, so the thing is about planning. I When you listen to old successful people, or not even old necessarily, when you just listen to them, nine times out of ten, they got to where they were going, and it wasn't their plan. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes me think. Uh, I also have this other quote that I have to put out there because I love it. It's a, a good traveler has no fixed plans and is not intent on arriving. Yeah. So all of these are from um, Taoism, which is, I don't want to say a religion, it's kind of a lifestyle. Philosophy, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, and I just, that stuff is just so interesting to me because they're, it makes sense and it can be applied to everything. Doesn't that relate to dopamine from a scientific perspective? We talked about this in episode one. You get dopamine before you get to the destination like right once yes. you set the high is from the journey the journey yes. is l- it gives you the actual chemical that we consider joy basically so of course the joy is in the journey it's not in the destination you don't get any more dopamine once you accomplish yeah, when the goal you walk through that door you're you done. already got the dopamine by but embarking on the journey right. how does someone decide the journey that's Isn't what that I'm a saying. Problem? I think Wait, uh, maybe or are we decide the journey or is the journey thrown at you? Plans. Maybe that's the point of the dopamine. Like maybe your body is there because when you start, when you embark on a journey that is the right one, maybe you'll just feel it. You'll get a huge rush of yeah, joy. This the is the universe good. calls back to you, you and yeah. it opens more pathways. You're listening back. Yeah. If, if you start on something and you feel rotten about it the whole time, there's a good chance it's probably just not the right thing. Have you ever yeah. like decided oh, to do something? Gut feelings Talking to Brian. That. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Not <laughs> <laughs> sure why do something every day if you hate it. Yeah. Unless you feel something that's keeping you going, basically something that's like a reason why. Well, a really good example of that is um. You want to write a book, right? But you hate writing the book. But you want to write that book. But then you sit down at your laptop, or if you're actually writing it, and you just hate every There's probably second so of many like people, writers like that are like that. Yeah, yeah. Or want to so be writers. But isn't it better to be, I don't know what I'm going to write, but I'm just going to write whatever the heck I can because I like it. Both. And eventually, yes. sometime, one day, I'll write what I want to write. Or And that's the right mindset. May- maybe to have. you really want to write a book, but then you hate writing the book. You know, you start writing yeah, it, and you yeah, just yeah. perfect you, in your head. You hate writing, right? Like right. the the process, you just can't stand it. Maybe you need to. My whole point, kind of, was you got to try different things, but maybe you don't need oh. to finish them. Like if you wanted to write a book and you hate writing a book, maybe you don't need. You to tried write. it. You, you tried it. You, you got the dopamine. And you can, you tried you can it tell and yourself, you it. I tried it, and and rather than writing a book, now your life can move on to another thing. You can you can still move on even if you haven't accomplished it. See that that's tough because that goes back to my me wanting to bash through the wall. <laughs> it's just, it's just because 
the excitement is if that process doesn't work, fail. New process, new way. New Dig way, under new it. way, new <laughs> way, new way. Yeah, exactly. And that that's all I'm saying is that's the excitement for me. Is to try to figure it out and then I c- there's just like a bunch of other possibilities. But but you're one of the lucky ones. You found something that you really like to do that you like bashing your head against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's be- true. Because even though it would be different if you just have never had a successful like or fulfilling experience at your what your task is then just bashing your head against the wall might be crazy true true it might just be a waste of your energy you might make yourself miserable but you get a lot of joy out of bashing your head against the wall because you know what you're going for and you've you've seen it work you've seen Mm -hmm. your process work um so yeah right right Just picturing Brian bashing his head on the wall. I, I do enjoy that. Brings a visual. smile to my ten face. Ten likes <laughs> and I'll smash my head against the wall ten times. <laughs> do you guys uh, think it's okay like to fail? Luck. Yeah, the I house think it's are so good get to good. fail. I think it's super important to fail. I should have said that in my philosophy thing. Like I actually think that too. Failing yeah. is you need yeah. to fail. I think failing is like better than success. It, it you learn when you fail. You learn when you well, fail. Well, it, it, it lines up with my philosophy of. Um, you have to feel loss and pain to really understand what happiness is. So, God, every time you fail, oh, when that one time it works out, it's just it's worth everything you, you did. Because right. then you didn't fail. It was all steps to get to where you were going. That's yeah, you, absolutely I think I people just give up too fast when they fail. As soon as they fail once, then they stop. And well, that's yeah. why a lot of people don't achieve I wonder Success. why we do that, though. Yeah, it's just because once you fail, it's like, well, it I'm no it good. It, yeah, it and then they just people just don't want to get back from all that something so they give up and it's easier to give up than keep failing to to that and to that yes. sentiment what you said about um doing a job that you hate i would argue i know about that <laughs> <laughs> but i would don't argue to to some <laughs> level we all actually like our jobs or else if we didn't like it we'd actually stop you know, yeah. it's like that. That's well, what. I, yeah. Well, that, here's no, no. my question. I like money. Do you like let the me, job or finish, do you like the money? Let me finish my point. Okay. I don't okay. care about that. What I mean, I'm I saying like is, is the negativity comes from your. You see someone else with something different. Envy. And oh. envy. It's envy, but that's envy. That's can can be and maybe is placed in your head. I think your dissatisfaction is with you comparing yourself to others when. The only enemy that you're fighting is yourself the whole time. It's like a racer that's trying to beat the clock. A good racer is not going to beat other people. He's trying to beat his best lap every single time, shaving seconds and seconds and seconds until he's just the best at destroying himself. And that's (laughs) how you get better. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. Well, you can fail like a million times, infinite times. Mm -hmm. So... I think that's the powerful missing key here is like a lot of people give up and instead of trying to beat themselves, they fail and they're like, oh, I can't beat that the master at this when really they should just be beating their own best. And then eventually they'll close that gap on whoever's good and they'll be just Mm -hmm. as good. But if you're not beating yourself, if you're not failing over and over again, if you don't have that mindset, you really won't get good at anything. I mean, unless you're just really lucky or just gifted at it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta beat yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are your own enemy. Mm-hmm. I I believe that you are your only enemy. Cause yeah, other people won't like you, but they're not. 
they're not going to affect your life as much as you affect your life. Yeah, how invested can they possibly be in, <laughs> in, in wrecking yeah. your life? Like, think about if you have an enemy, they don't care enough to wreck your life as much as you are wrecked. Think that as, they hate you. As much life. as you think they hate you, and as much as you're wrecking your own life, for that matter, there's no way that they could care enough to do that. They, they're busy with their life. Like, we really don't have any enemies here besides ourselves. I mean, it might be a small, minor hiccup along the way with certain people in your life but they're not they just can't invest enough energy in wrecking you no and, and that's just a fact you thinking about them hating you all that time that means they've already won because they're in your head and they're not even trying to be in your head and they're in your head right so they're in your head but but from their for, from from your perspective they're in your head from their perspective they don't have to even be in your head they're somewhere else they're just yeah they're doing whatever they want their and they've thing. already beaten you what yeah. about all the other people that are in your head like and it's not they're not in your head though it's <laughs> your image of them is in your head right right you your, you create like, them. this creation of that you've constructed around a person is in your head so you're in your own head at the end of the day whoa <laughs> it's just you mm -hmm. so one philosophy oh, yeah. i forgot the name of this philosophy but this idea is that everything doesn't exist at all except for your own mind so i think, I think therefore, therefore i am yeah so what do you guys think about that? Like, what would it be if, if that if that were the truth? Well, I mean, how does that change how you would live? Okay. So let me put this in your head. So you see us, right? I do. But you don't see us thinking. You only know that you think. Right. I'm only Therefore, all you know is that you exist right now. Right. Have you ever wondered about that? I mean, see, yes. That's That keeps me up at night sometimes. To me. I mean, I've thought about that. <laughs> it's like, because I... All I know is that I think I, I can't tell what this guy's thinking over here. I can't tell what this guy's thinking <laughs> over here. Maybe but yet, all I know is what I think. In a trip year sets, I would argue, but you're talking to me. I can tell what you're thinking. But well, but, but if you're we're talking, talking to me. Yeah, I know, therefore, the, the only response that I'm getting back is an outcome of what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I do see what you're saying. You're uh, saying you're talking to, to yourself, yourself through Greg. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, so the whole I think, therefore I am. The question of how do I know? How do I really know that you guys are here or not? My whole take on that whole thing is it's true. If if I don't see you and I'm not thinking about you, you're not real in my reality. But in your reality, you are real. So, like, for example, I don't know every single human being who's in downtown Denver right now. They so, don't as exist. far as I know, they are actually not there and they don't exist. Yeah. Until I see them. Because then they exist to it's me. It's kind of like a computer program. So, yeah. like, yep. so it's like a video game. So, so like, like rendering what you look yeah, at. Yeah, it yes. only renders what you look at. So if you're, say we're like here in the simulation here, in this reality, but nothing in downtown is rendered. So it's just like a gray area on the mini map here. That but like of course, uh, I do know everyone who's <laughs> listening exists. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> and we appreciate do your existence. You? <laughs> so please smush that like button. If you exist, smash that like button, please. <laughs> it's a test. We're making sure. <laughs> I think you're going to smash out like that. <laughs> Therefore, you will. Wow. Yeah, these are interesting things. Have you ever felt like an overwhelming sense of like closeness to someone, but then the moment after like realized that it's all in your own head too? And that like, is the worst. It's like really weird and, and you know, it's kind of can explain that a little more. So like I don't understand. Um, to m I, I I've like just had I've had moments. Sometimes I've been in a very like kind of more spiritual uh, state where I've had moments where I feel like I can really just feel like this connection to everything to everyone and it sometimes I've I've just had a time where like I'm feeling that way and then like the next thought that pops into my head is just like that is all 
potential bullshit. Like it might not you just be. made it all up in your mind. Yeah, I could just be pacifying myself here in my own mind. And that's like, I don't know. It's scary to think. I, I kind of like can flip flop on both ends of that spectrum. And then usually I'm living somewhere in between. But it's like, what is real? And how, yeah, like does. So if even if you did figure out like the ultimate truths and like the, you know, the deepest truths of how the universe works and like how everything works would it even matter if everyone around you didn't figure it out too i don't think it would matter right i think you would become i think when people can transcend that and enter that different thought process it's just a different agenda that we don't understand but it's it's i don't care about you guys anymore because you're not relevant to my thought process so it just becomes another agenda wouldn't you kind of have to like in order to really get to that level like how do you not just kind of expel everyone else around you well i think to get to the level that you're talking about i think either you have to abandon everyone or you have to accept everyone so Ah. it's an all or nothing scenario i think yeah you have to abandon everyone or accept them all you either become the pillar that everyone stands on or you become the roof that they hold up oh that's that's actually exactly kind of what i was gonna say to kind of make it make sense in my head as far as transactions with people and taking what you said, feeling close with someone or having that having that feeling where all the puzzle pieces fit for that. Right, that's kind of what I'm getting as, at. That's how I would I would yeah. describe that. Right. Yeah. But what when I when I mentioned earlier is take care of yourself first and then I'll give you double. Yeah. That, that's that's how how I see it. But hold me up so I can carry you later. Right. Or or right or just like I know that I'm taken care of. And then I can give you more than right. what you So right. once you're giving yourself what you need, basically, then it doesn't matter if what anyone else is doing or feeling. You can just kind of give them that same feeling. Because then you feeling. have the ability to. Yeah, and if it's not returned or reciprocated, then you're it, do- fine. it doesn't even matter. You've already it sh- you've already gotten what you needed from you're yourself. You're already standing. That's you're already standing. Because up. I think that way, when you described a scenario like that, it was kind of confusing to me because I'm like, what? Like <laughs> people feel yeah. like that this is and this mm-hmm. is definitely something from m- more of my younger days like probably when i was about 19 or so kind of figuring myself out like yeah i mean i think i had it was a little later that i've gotten better at just kind of taking care of myself and not just taking care of myself as in like feeding myself well and like you know it's it's like taking care of your mind basically like kind of it, it is almost a meditation to give yourself everything that you need and that's a mental thing. You're like giving yourself the, I don't know, the relaxation, the feeling that, like, that you have everything you need. So Give let me yourself what you need so you can help others. Yeah. Let me yeah, take that so even further into into kind of into patterns that the world itself gives. Um, there there are some philosophies on books that I've read on games that people will play with each other, and this will lead on to my point. But to kind of explain that, there's about there's like three three things that someone can act like a a child, an adult, or I think for lack of better words, just like an old person. <laughs> for like effective communication, you always want to bring someone to that medium level, which is being an adult. So, as far as what the world teaches you, the wonders of adulthood is that you are now taking care of yourself 
and you have the ability to nurture someone else. So oh, okay. I, that to me, that's what taking care of yourself is so I can give you double. Like that's the respect of what an adult has for me. I'm, I'm not saying I'm there yet. Right. <laughs> so your goal is to kind of parent, quote unquote, parent people. Yes, exactly. And so, so if you're arguing with someone, uh, you know, you, you bring them to that medium level. You don't need to stoop down to their childish games. You don't, don't or you don't need to yours. talk down to them. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you, you kind of have to, like, I mean, all of these things we're talking about, they do require, like, a certain amount of practice, I think. You know, it's easier said than done. Oh, yeah. And it takes years. It takes years. Yeah, it's a real practice. You know, it's not even as simple as, like, once you n- hear these things, you just know. Like, I've read a lot of philosophical books and had all kinds of different, like, you know ideas poured into my brain but it takes actual going through the motions practicing like i mean to communicate on an adult level you you do have to force yourself into that arena of being like uh, okay i'm gonna just roll with the punches here i'm not gonna hold on and be a child and hold on to my ideals uh, but i'm also gonna communicate my what's important here like that's and then you and then to also be able to elevate someone else not talk down to them not talk like as if they're better than you either Mm -hmm. that's that's so many we're talking about so many different variables and conditions you have to achieve it's really easier said than done right do you guys ever like stop and think about all the advice that has been given to you growing up that you didn't listen to and you think about it now and you're like oh that was great advice (laughs) oh yeah like what it's, it's just like think about what your teachers have told you about growing up or like the most the most important one i guess you hear the one you everyone can relate to is high school doesn't matter but you don't think about that until you grow up and then you realize you maybe talk to three or four people from high school or and you know people tell you that being dramatic isn't productive you don't think about that stuff or like you realize high school that really didn't matter it didn't matter at all yeah or like uh it, it's just interesting because like i remember when i was just 16 or 17 and you have conversations with elderly people like for example your grandparents maybe or whoever and they trying to tell you things about life but you don't you don't necessarily believe them and then it's cool like years later when you think about it and you're like oh that was a good point i should have listened to that but it's not going to make any sense to you if you're not ready to hear it right that's right. the thing which is why sounds like i was nonsense. just trying to convey it takes years uh, to, to actually understand what people are telling you sometimes like youth is wasted on the young yeah when wake up and then you're like, wow, I should have done that shit when I was younger. But you, <laughs> could, you couldn't have known to do that stuff because you, you were right. younger. So l- do you think there are moments where not listening to that advice can make you more successful? Isn't that it? Because well, to, I mean, me, to me, that's advice of people that aren't where you want to go. That's I mean, advice of someone who taught you how to buy a house and that's it. I mean, if they're telling right, you something but you like have to remember counterproductive. I well, guess, not yeah. only that, but we are only in our mid-20s, and we're not necessarily thinking about buying a house. But if we come back to this conversation when we're 40, that might have been good advice. Yeah, let me tell you, if if we're all in our mid-20s here, if none of us buy a house in the next 10 yeah, years, that advice was useless. <laughs> we're, we're gonna wish we had, like, at a certain yeah. point in time, right. We if we don't ever do that, we will wish we had at, cer- at another certain point in time. Like, 10 years from now, we could be like, damn, I should have bought a house when they were uh, $100,000 cheaper. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at the same time, right now, 
it may or may not be a good option. Like, say you lock yourself into a, a mortgage right now, you're stuck in your hometown, and you're dead you're going ended. nowhere. Or yeah. maybe it's the best idea. Maybe you can buy a house, leverage it, sell it for a profit, and move to another country where you're gonna like go on a crazy journey, come back home, whatever. Like, there's all kinds of different paths we could take in our lives. There's, I don't think there's a right path. You know, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is like, I don't think we have as much control as we think we have at all yeah i would agree we have we have a fair amount of control but you don't have as much control as you you think really no society puts a lot of pressure on you and also like the subconscious and conscious mind is what i think of like you know they say like you're really controlled by like 80 percent of your thoughts are like subconscious and what's controlling your actions is 80 percent to 90 percent all subconscious and there's only 10 percent of your active brain like you thinking with your like you know your ego your vision your perception of yourself that's barely doing anything for your life what's your take on free will then do we have free will it's so weird it feels like we have it free definitely will. feels like we have free will and i wanted to say that i have free will but that i think that it's hard to know sometimes it's that's yeah that's a really tough question for yeah. me free for will me defined by like free will against what i guess the question is what do you have free will against or uh, because you like c- you well can say case, you have free will, but what do you to be have free will? You have to have free will against something. So well, what well is I it think against? it's do you have free will against yourself? That's the question. I w- I could argue no. I think you have free will ag- like against everything around you, maybe, but you you ha- against your yeah you have free will against yourself, I guess. But that's the challenge. I think it's like how much of it do you have really? And if if it's if it's a f- science says that. You know, you have ten percent of your thoughts are are conscious, and the rest are subconscious. That means you don't have as much control over your f- yourself as you think you do. Right. Because and to be devil's advocate against that is yeah. it not yourself arguing with yourself. So therefore, you have no free will because it's still yourself. Like who's gonna win that argument? <laughs> I mean, you, but which you? <laughs> which you? Yeah. So if you're like, I'm gonna go against myself, it's not just you yeah. saying you're going to go but against yourself. Do so therefore, do you not have free will? Do we or not do you? feel you're that saying like whatever outcome you're like, I won, I have free will. Exactly. Yeah. Like, but isn't that yeah. just it's you like saying that anyway? <laughs> like but do you feel like it's being taken away at any point? I think. I think you can lose your free will to certain things. If I can, if I can lose it, then I should have it. Yeah, you're gonna lose it too. That's well, the question. You Your can job? lose it to the government. You can lose it to the job. You can lose it to. I I don't mean this in a bad way, but you can lose it to family. You can lose it to um, uh, duties. I can't think of the word. Um, I'll, I'll say I think free will is subjective. It's not a concrete object. Yep. So because you have to have something to be free will against, like the government, your family. Those are all opposing. You have to have something opposing you right, to so have free will. But that, so that being said, you're theoretically taking away your own free will. When you settle and have a family, you've taken away your own free will. But yeah. isn't your free will to settle and have a family? That's the question. That's the question. Are you limiting your free will by doing those all things? I'm say- all I'm saying is I think free will is just it, – it depends on what you're opposing. But hang on a second. You, I want to go back to something. You said that you can have your free will taken away by like – Yes. But – Hang on a second. Like, say someone takes you and throws you in a jail cell, and you know, you you have no more freedom. You still have your free will, though. All they've done is change the conditions. So right. you you I still you're, you're still in the same battle of what you do. Like, do you 
try to break out? Do you stay where you yeah, are? That's, do that you is free right. He get you have a choice. But so like with it. So I guess you always have a choice. So but, but technically then it's like you always have free will. You're really at the mercy of your conditions and the situation around you to, s- right. to, to a large extent, but then not fully. And I think that's where what you're saying is interesting because the, the outside world can it can change the amount of like freedom and control you have. But your internal free will, is that always the same? Do you always have the same ability to react to whatever situation you're in? Or are you sometimes more and less lucid? Like, I think there might be times where you're not paying attention and you're kind of on autopilot and you give up like all your free will, maybe for a a day, a month, a year, maybe for a large part of your life. That's when you wake up. You're just going through the (laughs) motion. That's when you wake up and you're like, what the fuck? But it's because you you would kind of just stop trying to assert your free will. Maybe it's a constant battle. Which is what I said. You have no time. You're going to die. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I opened up with. See, the way I see that is you have no time, so make the best of all the time That's you have. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I sit there and I'm like, I'm wasting time right now. Like, yeah. why am I watching TV when I could be doing something else, like writing a book? But do you want to watch TV? I, I don't. don't well, it's just, here's it's the just thing. The new right comes now. out that you want to watch, right? Are you really wasting your time? Because you do want to watch but the show. The only thing is that it's... Yeah, I do want to watch it, but then I'm thinking, oh, how is this benefiting you know, me? Can, can I, I could to be that doing actually? something beneficial. Well, I see what you're saying. Here, here's my problem I mean, it's, with it. I mean, and I end up watching TV anyway. <laughs> like, I haven't, like, sat down and wrote a book yet, even though I've been wanting to, but. And this, is just, this is just my opinion. Um, for me, liking a TV show is not a personality. It, it shouldn't be something that you are. You know, you might like certain aspects of it. You might like the genre. But when there's a lot of attention that's put into just talking about what that thing is and then it's a fad, to, to, me, to, me, that's, to me, that's when I'm like... Are you talking about Office fans right now? No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that you just said the new popular TV to, show. I have to disagree. I think because there's a thing, I, and I might be wrong, but I'm going to question here a little bit. I think you're just saying this because it's TV. But if you're going down that route, then that means liking certain books isn't your personality. Liking certain music isn't your personality. It's all your personality because you like it. No, I'm just saying tell me why. Because just, no, 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 it I'm aligns not, I'm with things you're interested I'm in, TV included. Rhetorically, but there aren't conversations about that. Is what I'm getting at back to. Yeah, so, like, so, so, so say we were talking about The Office, for example. It's like we don't ever really talk like I hear people talk about TV shows, but they don't. It's like, why do you like that one character? What do you identify with about that character? Is that kind of what you're getting Mm -hmm. at? It's like it's not usually a deeper level of conversation. It's like, huh, wasn't that one quote funny when so and so said this? Ha ha ha. Right. But but that's you as an individual relating to that character, which means it is your personality. Just because you talk just because you do not talk about it doesn't mean that it doesn't align with your personality. Can, my can we, I kind of lost my point. Can you reel this back in? Yes. Yeah. Like someone explain it to you me again. <laughs> <laughs> you, said, you said... You said liking a TV uh, show a isn't TV your personality. Isn't a personality. Yeah. In response to... You brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah what, what were you trying to say? <sighs> well, what did you say earlier? I didn't say anything. Wait, well, when? Well, well, Nolan was saying, like, when you're watching TV... If you want to, w- or if some- you're enjoying no, no, it, is time wasted? You, yeah, are you so wasting I, your time if you, like, if you like, choose to? Yeah, I'm saying you're only wasting time unless you you love it. And I want to hear this again. This is my own personal yeah, yeah, beefs with it. It's just like 
I don't I don't care if, if it's brand new and you're just talking about it to fit in. Which is a lot of the oh, times what happens. Then I know. would agree with you. Mm-hmm. If you're just watching it to fit in, oh, you're yeah. not actually enjoying it, I agree with you. Which it only seems to be the case if you're only talking about the show on the surface instead of going but, but hold on. I like when that car is watching it to yeah. fit in. Now that's an interesting theory. Because what is life but not the connections you make? So you're right. watching it to make connections with people. Is, isn't that a valid but reason to an watch it? That's a an show? act. Like you're acting that you like the show to make a connection. But maybe you you're just. You're not being yourself if you're just watching it to connect. But maybe you yourself watched it like. Is connecting with people. Yeah, so. Yeah, but that's a fake connection. That's acting. But maybe it's not fake, though. So Unless so you like it. So we'll see. If you like it, it's what not if fake. Like what if you just really want to connect to someone and you know they watch a show y- and you watch that show just so that you can open a conversation? Yeah, so you can talk to them. Yeah, it's your nugget that you guys it's are your saying. Nugget, it's your bridge. Right? That can be your bridge in and you can start but a whole relationship said, we with someone. We were talking about that because that's your mask. Right. So are your masks, they are useful. They are functional. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not everyone they're not useful. I'm just saying that's not a real connection. If you're using it to talk to people, that's your agenda. I'm going to talk agenda. to people about... Game of Thrones because everyone watches it. But if you want to talk about Game of Thrones because you actually like it, then it's a real connection. I mean, you could argue the person who's having a conversation about Game of Thrones because they actually like it is going to have a much more fulfilling experience than the person who's in the same conversation who's just there because they wanted to have a connection. You're not acting then. You're genuinely bonding. Yeah. But if you watch it because if I'm watching AMC's The Walking Dead because everyone's watching it and I just want to talk, I want to have a chat at the water cooler. I'm just putting another mask. Over, I'm putting a zombie mm-hmm. mask over my face and being like, hey, I watch it, too, guys. But th- those aren't real connections. And again, this is all my own opinion. I'm not trying to put people down if they do that. If you want to do that, do that. Well, it's maybe they your are life. though. I think like, all connections are real connections. Yeah, like yeah, like if you just have. Oh, imagine I, if you just have. I a d- disagree. I can't agree. I, with here, that. I th- I think all connections can become real connections, or they can become a waste of time. They can lead you down a bad path. But if if you open a conversation with someone about something as trivial as The Walking Dead, you could end up robbing a bank with that person the next week you could end up <laughs> yeah, at, at the bar with them true. later that day like anything could happen from that conversation the, the conversation's not gonna stay on the walking dead you're gonna start talking about other stuff yes most conversations don't if stay it's a on real one convers- thing well yeah i mean like we're talking about philosophy and here we are talking about this mm-hmm. that's true but that i, I want to hear brian's opinion on this are all connections real connections? Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to call me out? Because I know I know you. <laughs> okay. So he- here's my problem with ha- being able to connect in that way. There, there is a manipulation method to it. Like that's yeah, it's artificial. Bec- and and what I'm weary of <laughs> is someone that's good at that. And then they just get into you, you know, and then they could drag you along to wherever the hell you want to take. <laughs> and then you're robbing a bank. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. That's how I could do it. Not to say that I, I'm like that. Totally not like that. But <laughs> <laughs> what if you met someone like yourself and then you hit it off with them? That's actually a Would really good like question. Someone like not yourself? to just Brian. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. Here, so can you be friends with yourself? An anecdote. Opposite, opposite to try. Listen, so listen. Can you be an, friends an with anecdote, yourself? An anecdote from my bar, my bar hopping drinking times. 
you we happens sorry not not we but like <laughs> time is still going on when people when people <laughs> <laughs> when people are like that they can sniff each other out automatically and it's like for example you know someone might be cool about it other times some people are just talking at you and they're being really shitty it's hard to explain, but I'm like, I know what the fuck you're saying to me the whole entire time. I'm like, fuck <laughs> you, dude. I'm going to say this in the most polite way possible, but you're not trying that shit on me. <laughs> and, that's, and that's usually the thought process <laughs> that goes on between. So like, it just blows <laughs> my mind because in your guys' realities, you're playing this chess game. But then if an outsider walks by, it's just a really polite conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, that's a, thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And it's just a bunch don't of fun. Don't thank me. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't appreciate that behavior. <laughs> and then don't play the game. <laughs> I, I do it because I love it. Uh, it's it's just fun. It's just fun to do that. But when someone's like that, you're like, ugh. Disgusting. Like, Ew. <laughs> how, uh, how dare how you? Dare <laughs> you? <laughs> what are you trying to pull here? <laughs> <laughs> like this is my town, all right, buddy. <laughs> you know that's what you think. I'm like. a sheep. Nah, I'm the wolf. <laughs> that is how I view your conversations with strangers. <sighs> I know, but but to loop it back, does that is that a real connection or is it just a after we're done playing? And <laughs> I'm serious. After yeah, we're done I know, I and know. the walls are broken, and you're like, dude, I was just joking. Yeah, you know? but and the walls like, don't always get broken though. That's what I'm saying. But when you can let your guard down and the other person acknowledges it and you're like, oh, shit, another person's like that. Thank you very much. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's how that's how it can be. There's a lot of there's some genuineness out of it, too. Yes, but not always, though. I'm, I'm just trying to say I don't think every connection is is a real connection. Like, I mean, think about think about this is gonna sound really not but when you walk into Walmart and they have the Walmart greeter and they're trying to talk to you, do you and you're like, oh hey, is that a real connection? Absolutely. No, you're just not. trying to get past them. <laughs> I'd be like, hey dude, your shoes suck. <laughs> I always have a connection <laughs> with them, you monster. <laughs> I think it can be a connection. It could be, like, but not every it. connection is a real it. connection. I mean, it, it can be though. Twa- trying to make a connection, I think yeah, it is. But that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's either. I just don't, and and I wish I could get better at this. I wish I could have a connection with every person I come across. Sometimes you don't want to have a connection with everyone. Right, right. But it's just, I don't think every person that you come across is worthy. Has a connection with you. Because no. maybe it's a maybe it's a 10 second exchange. Ah, there was no connection built in 10 seconds. Maybe, maybe not with you, but with something else, like Game of Thrones. Well, what yeah, if. Maybe. That could be true. Do you think that there's an element of protection here? Because I think that. So, for example, have you ever just been like, you know what, I'll just dive into a conversation today. And you've had a conversation with someone and then you left feeling drained, depressed. Oh, yeah. Because we all are energetic beings and we're all transmitting a bunch of information and, and energy. We're putting it out and we're, right. we're very – we can receive a lot. You can carry on someone's energy. So someone that you talk to in your day can – dump a bunch of negative energy onto you they might feel better and lighter afterwards <laughs> but you. you might feel like shit after <laughs> yeah. the conversation you're carrying it could have been a 10 minute conversation with someone you'll never see again but you might carry that with you for the rest of the day or who knows how long right so maybe there is like some guards that we put up a- as a result of living these l- days over and over again you're not going to want to have a connection to everyone you meet you'll resist certain connections it gets exhausting it gets exhausting i mean we can drain each other out by yeah just dumping all of our stuff on other people and letting them dump onto us. I mean, 
Isn't it weird to think about that it is all information? The way you the way yeah. you said that, it's just so crazy. It's all we're information. Just, we're just transmitting information to each other all the time. Yeah, we're like That's com- crazy. computers. Yeah, yeah. We are we're just all just a simulation. And that is a theory, which well, I could see that. I could see that. See, my my the We're way I was re- kind of re- someone's controlling my rebuttal to the whole like simulation, <laughs> like it's a computer theory, is that in order, I think that what we're s- the reason we t- tend to go down that path of logic, all everything we build, machines, computers, all our technology and our processes are pretty much like think about the highway system. They're all built after what's inside of us. Like computers work like your brain, highways work like your bloodstream, factories work like the things that are not only in your brain cells processes. but you're yeah. in your body. There's like it's all kind of like a weird just like um what's the word um uh, fractal basically. Um so where was I going with that? Basically uh, life is a simulation. Yeah, so I don't think life is a simulation. I think that you can think life is a simulation because we create simulations based on what we. Okay, I have what's something real. that I don't think you've heard of that might interest you to make you think it might be a simulation. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the double slit experiment? I believe so, but will so, you refresh my memory? Um, long story short, and if you guys are interested, look it up because it's really tough to explain. But long story short electrons know when they're being watched right so that to me is has so many red flags to it because that either means that they have some form of consciousness which would be interesting or they are rendering like we talked about earlier when you look at them i think they're so i i think to that point and this whole thing was like and it's been rep- a lot of experiments, especially the more pseudoscience ones. They can only be replicated by someone who wa- intends for it to be replicated, and they are always debunked by a scientist who intends to debunk. So right, I think because right, everyone think, has an agenda. Right, everything everyone has an agenda. I think that our <coughs> field, our energy field, influences the electrons around us. So I don't think that the electrons are conscious necessarily, but I think we are affecting them. So if you're doing an experiment where you're trying to prove that. Um, for example, like plants can react to a polygraph detector test. There's been a guy who like bites so into lettuce and it's like actually can see the, the tree freaking out. It's actually our energy influencing the plant and then the plant is responding. We're communicating. My point is like we're communicating with everything around us, the electrons in the air, the electrons in the double slit experiment. So when right, you're right. when you're going in there saying we're observing, we're trying to observe this, you're going to observe what you're trying to because you have now put that energy out right you're influencing you're always influencing everything around you basically and like you said you're putting out energy it's coming back to you i mean that's something we all know so why shouldn't that same thing be a fact on a more like electro like a more um on a quantum quantum scale right if it's if it's the fact on this scale and it should be we kind of know that everything is related, so it should really work on a quantum level too. So, and I okay. think it, I believe that it does. That's that, kind of my perspective on all these weird said, experiments. So, do you think that humans are special to the f- point that we can influence things around us? Consciousness, I think, is a, is the differentiator here. Like a, a deer, you know, is not manipulating its surroundings the same way a human is. But is it? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. In defense of it being a simulation, I I can also agree with maybe what G Money's thoughts are with that. And here are the reasons why. Um, I think in efforts 
or a lot of what humanity has to offer, what consciousness wants to do if we escape these meat mechs or whatever. <laughs> it's to... Avatars? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's just to replicate the image of God or a oneness, as okay. you call it. Computer. Okay. So the internet is a literal manifestation of your everyone's consciousness. It's a s- symbolic right, of right. everyone's thoughts, and it's tangible and physical. It's no longer pseudoscience. It's technology aiding that spiritual aspect. We're uploading right. our consciousness. Right. To oh. a, Com- to computers a physical yeah. computers yeah. are the body. They're the programs right, and right. the machines, the ones and zeros. And we, we were already in this program when running. The DNA wants to replicate itself, and we, we can reproduce, but now we want to create... What I, what I think is <laughs> humanity wants to create consciousness. So the computer is some. The computer <laughs> is some, and I guess in some sense of what I'm saying, is symbolic of God. We were created in his image, as the Bible would say. The computer, the internet, these androids, these robots, our, our image. image, which continues on that cycle until we reach okay, so a oneness. I have a question for you then. It's like uh, well, well, let me finish. Kind of goes okay. Let me then let me finish. Contraction of the universe. So right, right. And so, who's to say that wasn't the case before us? Right. We could be just rather than like replicating what's going on inside, we could be kind of like um, figuring out what's around us. So like, when I said like highways and computers are a replication of what's inside of us, maybe we're actually deconstructing the reality that we are stuck in. So either way, you could argue like. Both sides, simulation, mm-hmm. not simulation. Right. But I like that, though. What if basically our god was created by another god who was just doing the same That's thing we're saying. doing when right. we're making the internet and making AIs? Like. Okay, so let me ask you this then. What so we're, we're talking a lot about consciousness. Um, Chappy. <laughs> well, I have, a, I have a question that's going to sound weird, but I'm really... Okay, so the four of us in this room all have consciousness. But it's it's all individual consciousness. So, if this is something that is given to us, who gives it to us, and when do we get it? Our own consciousness. You know, so does consciousness exist in the brain? Does it exist in the soul? What the is that? The only reason I would argue that it. Ex- resides i'm not going to say it resides i think it resides in the brain is because you can see in medical situations when someone gets hit to the head that's when their consciousness or their reality fades out the brain is the altered the brain's the mechanism that allows your consciousness to it's the process what if it's it's what if it's the link between something spiritual that's that's why i would argue that it's residing in the brain because you can smash your arm and still be well, conscious, w- but if you do that to your head, it's a different story. What well, I'm arguing is that yeah. the, brain, the, brain. the brain can synthesize that into into information. But a lot of uh, – going back to what we were talking about with masks, yeah. nurturing, you are taught a lot from other people. It's, it's not something that's in your head. It's out, it's collective. out it's outside. Collective. Outside, and you're just responding to pieces of that. You are – this is a really weird complex. <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> abstract thought, but I'm saying, whatever that amalgam of consciousness it exists outside of you, and you are an echo that reflects into it and reflects back. You're literally a mirror. 
of yourself. It's a feedback loop. Oh. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm trying yes. to say? We're talking about how our individual minds are all independent. Like your reality is just, it is what it is. But it's, but it's, it's a reflection of the else. whole reality outside of it. You, you are a reflection of who your parents are, what you're taught, what society tells you to, what you've decided. And that's all to, to me, that's all outside. It it's is. the internet. It's out there. Mm-hmm. It's right. all out. It's what's outside. So now the computers are symbolically, physically, symbolically, it's the internet. Yes, and that's why it's a simulation, and I don't see why not. Do you think that when we leave, we get to meet the creators, whoever they are, or do you do you think that it you is? You might just turn off. That's terrifying. <laughs> 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 well, like, do you think that? There is a way to actually meet whatever made us because I think it's fair to say something did make us what we are because we aren't animal. We are animals, but we are not animals. If we're going to go this down this path. So if I was thinking about it from like the oneness or like God, you know, perspective, right. I would say we're all probably like there's a. I, there's one possibility that I entertain whenever when you die you go back to the oneness which is the same thing as God the same thing as all of us being one the same thing so earth is a shattered shattered oneness we're earth all together is, but we get separated yeah, on yeah. Earth. it's like a sh- it's like you took a, a plate of glass shattered it it's all still the same plate of glass but it's frac- kind of you right know, fragmented. until you put it back together until you put it back together and then half of you disappeared and that's where your soul made <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but just, but I mean, then we could also go down another road here, where what if we are altered by like because what does it take to be something's god? If you created an AI, it would probably would it view you, you are as its, its god? god? I mean, but what to if a we dog, were? You're probably its god. Like, what if we were altered? Like, you know, there's these weird conspiracy theories, and we talked about how humans are made to work. I mean, what if somewhere along the lines? Something came to this planet, synthesized our consciousness fair, out of monkeys. I am not opposed to the ancient astronaut. Neither theory. am I. I mean, that whole theory—it's basically that God or some type of other being that was more advanced than us spliced some mm. DNA, fucked around with what we already know how to do in CRISPR, basically, to make us into gold mining machines to mine their gold right. for their spaceship. They leave, and we're <laughs> left here with an addiction to work. To seek gold, we, it's, it's a currency that we does nothing for ourselves. But I've always found the ancient astronaut theory interesting. Yeah. Now, and some of the people that like represent again, this is the problem, and this is like the stigma with these fields is the people that lead them are not the people that should be leading them because no. <laughs> they're all about the money and they're all about becoming a character. But the thing is, this is a rational. This is a very rational scientific question. If you slow down, it's just as rational as like For religious yes. questions or anything else. Tying back to something you said in the very beginning and talking about the ancient astronaut theory, for those who are interested, aside from whatever they saw on the History Channel at a certain hour of That's time or whatever. That is just it. Um. El- Elric Von Daniken is the author of Chariot of the Gods, which is a lot of what that TV show is based on. His very opening statements are, I don't have the answers. I'm just asking the questions. And Here's what's interesting my about that is, do you know that the, almost that entire book is all questions? They're not yes. statements. He is yes. just asking questions. The wise man does not know. Yes, See, that's I'll, my point. And that's why I respect him. But 
And then you got some guys on History Channel yes. acting like they but know. But when you have a TV personality questions. in there, well, it's and then you the talk about it because you liked it, right? then you're missing the point. And right, that's my right. beef with Game of Thrones. <laughs> 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 Tying it back to that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, just I didn't do like see season that. Eight. I just wish that there wasn't the stigma around these kinds of questions. Yeah, I feel like a, a joke by bringing it up, but... Yeah, I mean, but I it's, think, it's I think about that stuff a lot. Why yeah. do we? Why do we seek gold? Like, what the heck does gold do? It's kind of useful in making money. microchips, oh. and it's it has some purposes. It's very conductive in a way. <laughs> you like said it right there. It's electricity. It's yeah. microchips. How the fuck? Sorry. How the <laughs> fuck <laughs> did we know about electricity? We and didn't. Microchips okay, so you're gonna then. tell me that we've been looking for gold since before we knew it was useful for no, what it actually also keep is this useful in mind, for. Keep this in mind. We also, even back then, we knew the difference between fool's gold and gold. Why? I know. How did, is that <laughs> useful? <laughs> why did we need to know if it's just shiny? If it's just shiny? Because a lot of people would say, no, we just want gold because it's shiny. Well, you'd it's want quartz. Diamonds, blah, blah, blah. And I guess people did take quartz back then, but it wasn't as valuable. Because gold can be used to do some stuff that we are kind of barely figuring out how to do with like right. crazy science. We've just been making jewelry. <laughs> I mean, it's really, you can like... I don't know. I, I could get into some like Egypt stuff, but I don't want to go there. We'll we'll do an episode but on that because that is actually intriguing to me. I mean, it's I love it's crazy to think about. We should I, do an episode on on um, ancient ancient cultures and ancient theories that are yeah. that are taboo because it'd be fun to discuss. I, I like that. We could talk about like mm -hmm. ancient and occult stuff. I would basically. love to do the occult stuff because yeah. that is so frowned upon and it is so hard to find real answers about. And, and we're not going to come at it from like a conspiracy theory perspective. Like no, just discussing. We're just going to ask some questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, that would be a fun one. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. I, I think to kind of wrap up what I've heard from everyone, there's like a question, I guess from what I've listened, what I'm left with is, is life random? Did, right. Is it is it given to me? Did I have that choice? Should I know? And how do I know? Th those are things that are probably going to make me not go to bed <laughs> tonight. <laughs> so we talked about this, and there's absolutely no answer to how someone should conduct themselves. But that's the best part <laughs> Which about is the this. Is, <laughs> is I love this stuff because you feel like you've walked away and you've learned so much, but you also feel like you had no answers. <laughs> like you walked in a big circle. No answer. Right. It's all about the question why. It's all about the journey. You walked in one big circle. That's and your that journey. was big the high. Yep. It's well, more the journey than the destination. I think for me that about wraps it up. Yeah, I that, this you feels like a comfortable mm -hmm. stopping point. Uh, I appreciate your guys uh, coming in on this and explaining yep. your philosophies on life. That was great. I feel like I know you guys better. Yeah. yeah, thanks everybody for your openness. Um, well, listeners, if you guys can talk about your f philosophies oh, of please, life with your friends, please, please, please do that. Hit us up. We don't. I don't know if we have any comment section that's mm -hmm. available yet, but we we're still know. in the you works. Can mess private message us on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, let's, or, get, um, let's get the conversation going. Let's Just get it don't going. talk about the sink. Yeah, I'm Absolutely serious. I don't no. want to talk do about that. We do not <laughs> talk. One day. There's nothing to discuss. Just kidding. <laughs> we'll never talk about that. Just remember yeah. the past is history, the future is a mystery, but today is a gift, and that's why they call it a present. Very well <laughs> said. Uh, very well said, you money. Well, this has been Everything But the Kitchen Sink. Um, we'll catch you guys real next week real soon. Yeah, join um, us next week for our discussion. If you're, if you're listening now, St. Patty's Day is going to be 
pretty soon so i hope you guys have an excellent time with that um next time you see us or hear us we'll be discussing what, what was that nolan i'm kind of feeling let's go down the alley of uh ancient cultures and, and taboo theories we're going there the i oc- would love it because i think we can approach it rationally well then everyone we're oh, going yeah. to the occult the ancient <laughs> taboo theories. You guys want to learn about some crazy history facts? That it, uh, we'll save it for next week. <laughs> and remember, go to our Facebook page and hit that like button. Show those podcasts who you love by liking ours the most. Yeah, you show those data miners. All right, folks. Goodbye. Have a good night.